0: This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And once again, folks, we are joined back by Gary from Harry Potter Minute. Gary, thank you so much for coming back and doing another episode with us.
1: Thanks for having me. I had so much fun yesterday that I just like I had to come back. I I wouldn't, like, <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't let
2: absolutely tell me to
0: leave. <laughs> <laughs> you had it written into your contract at least two minutes. So, I knew right. uh, and it's pretty. It's pretty cool because we have kind of the the, the full gamut of experience as well while you've been on the show here. Yesterday's, of course, the episode was kind of tense, like full yeah. character acting minutes. Today, we've got a little bit of that and a little bit of dinosaurs. So It's really funny, though, um, when I was thinking about this today, having you on at the uh, Universal Studios Islands of Adventure in Orlando, when you were leaving uh, the, I can't remember, the, uh, for, uh, the Forbidden Journey ride. Uh, so you're mm-hmm. walking around along uh, along the side of Hogwarts and you're walking directly under the Jurassic Park sign when that happens That's there's amazing. like a bridge that connects <laughs> yeah it connects Jurassic Park to uh, to um uh, to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter which is a, a very very strange transition to go from the whimsical yeah. like wonderful world of like you know Hogsmeade village right into the visitor center you know
1: yeah. suddenly <laughs> struck with like what would happen if if dinosaurs were unleashed on on Hogsmead vill- uh, village, Hogsmead <laughs> or the Hogwarts castle grounds, like how would they handle that situation?
0: I would think that probably the wizards uh, that are in Hogsmead village would would probably be a little bit more well equipped to deal with the dinosaurs than the Jurassic Park staff would be when the electricity <laughs> yeah, goes out. You know, having they having, can having I just, know
1: that... they can keep their distance. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but, I just know that I would run. My ass would be long. Oh gone man, you need both. in that. <laughs>
0: Is it possible? Is it possible for your Patronus to be a Velociraptor?
2: You know,
1: I I don't see why not. Um, <laughs> we the there's a Patronus tri- quiz that's up on Pottermore, and I think ninety percent of the people that have taken that quiz got like a variation of a dog or a cat or something. Yeah. Um, but I've heard rumors that there are like mythil- that they're, they're mythical creatures that show up in the Harry Potter universe that, that are options as Patronuses. So I oh. don't see why dinosaurs couldn't be added to that list.
0: Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> I have a velociraptor as my Patronus. Like, I would never be afraid of a Dementor again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would ever mess with you if that was your Patronus. No. So. no,
2: that'd be great.
0: All right. Well, hey, you guys want to go ahead and jump into minute number 94? Let's do it. Let's, Let's go. do it. In the previous minute, we saw Ray shut down the Jurassic Park electrical grid at the order of John Hammond. As the minute ended, Ray powered the system back on and noticed that it reset the computer systems. However, the main power was still off. At minute number 94, Ray tells everyone that the shutdown tripped the circuit breakers. Ray says that if they turn them back on, it should reboot the system, including the security systems and phone. At 9410, Muldoon says that the security system is now on and asks where the breakers are. Ray tells Muldoon that the breakers are in the maintenance shed at the end of the compound. Ray tells them that if they give him three minutes, he can have everything back up and running. Hammond tells everyone to get to the emergency bunker just in case. At 94.23, we cut to a shot of Grant and the kids walking through a valley. Tim says that he is tired, hungry, and dirty. Grant tells Tim that according to the map, it appears that the visitor center is only a mile away. At 94:33, we cut to a reverse shot of Grant and the kids looking at an oncoming herd of dinosaurs. Grant asks Tim if he can identify the oncoming herd. Tim looks at them and tries to come up with a name. After a few seconds, he snaps his fingers and says Gallimimus. Lex asks if they are mediating. Uh, Metasauruses. At 94:55, as the group watches the herd, it turns and begins to head their way, and thus ends minute number 94 of Jurassic Park. So at the end of this minute here, we finally get to see some uh, dinosaurs again. And it is, of course, uh, the Gallimimus, which is funny because Grant has to actually ask Tim for his expertise in this uh, situation. I, was your, I yeah. love that
1: he takes that yeah. because Tim's been this kid the whole time who's like, let me show you how much I know about dinosaurs. <laughs> and and yeah. And Grant didn't really want anything to do with it at first. And now he's like, no tell me what these are. Like, I know, you know, like help me out here. I love it. I like that. Yeah. I love the way that the, the, the relationship between him and the kids has grown over the last, like, I guess few weeks of the show for you guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, one of the things I like most about, uh, Jurassic Park three is the fact that Grant is so uncomfortable with all the relationships he has, except when he's talking to kids and when he's talking to kids about the things that they, uh, the like-mindedness, the things that they have in common, which is the, you know, fascination with dinosaurs. Yeah. And in that movie, Eric is the name of the, the kid and it's like Grant is talking to a buddy, like a peer almost. And I think it's uh, similar uh, right here. It's You can just tell that it's... I don't know, it's the most comfortable um, relationship that I think he's yeah. having with anybody in the movie. Total evolution of this guy. Yeah, totally. Like and, we've yeah, been saying. he's gone
1: so far since, from like scaring that, that bratty kid at the beginning with yeah. the velociraptor uh, claw.
2: Definitely. And not to spoil too um, much, but he gets
0: to make a great dad joke uh, in an upcoming minute here uh, with the electrical uh, fence. <laughs> I,
1: I'm so stoked to hear you guys talk about that. That's one of the most, yeah. I, for me, re-watching the movie recently, I think that particular scene was the one that I was maybe like, I would say the most tense but I've mm-hmm. never really like it. They're definitely like ratcheting it up as they keep cutting back and forth between like the them climbing and uh, Laura Dern trying to to reboot the power. It's yeah, like, you gotta get down. You don't have time. Like, what are you doing?
0: And it's funny, too, yeah. because it, the tension really starts to get ra- ra- ratcheted up in that scene, and it really doesn't stop mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. There's a no, little bit of no, a moment no. later on, but uh, beginning with that and what we at first kind of see if this like lighthearted joke and, you know, him trying to get the kids down is just nonstop for the rest of the movie. But that's definitely you're right. That's kind of the, the introduction to that. But yeah.
2: um, We've got um, we've we've and I've talked about this ad nauseum uh, lighting in this film is so interesting. Mm. It's so interesting. the Lighting. And this is, whenever they're in the uh, control room, you see some of the best examples of it, the directional lighting, where the room is filled with smoke, and then they're, the beams of their flashlights are heading off in such strange and deliberate directions. Mm-hmm. And passing, someone will be standing right in the middle of the beam of light, and then you get the light that's coming through those circular windows and uh, silhouetting everybody. I don't know, man. It's, it really gives this um, scene a very uncomfortable tone oh, to yeah. it. this It's is very like mysterious.
1: The last time we see ray
2: yeah and they
1: don't even there's no it's just bye ray
2: i know i hate it it's such because he's such a, a uh,
1: the, i really like him so much in yeah. this movie
2: i know well here's the thing he says oh it's in the shed on the other end of the compound I was i'll to just ask go you guys there.
1: that how far yes. is it to the other end of the compound he says three minutes right. and he'll have the power on like that makes it sound like a yeah so, even in a car like three minutes is really close and yeah,
2: and he's just going to walk outside? Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't they, they know, know that if you go outside, you're going to die? They shut
1: down the entire system. They've already got dinosaurs on the loose. And he's just like, I I got this, guys. I'll see you later. Yeah.
2: So it's, That's almost a little hard for me to believe. I that. actually uh,
0: pulled up a map for this that, uh, Brady, we were using the other day to talk about where the broken eggshells were found in the Velociraptor paddock. Yeah. And it looks like the distance between the utility shed... Uh, and the visitor center is double what it is between the high wire situation and uh, the visitor center. So what? for him to get there in three minutes would have to he would have had to been like jogging the whole time, which maybe he was. I don't know maybe you know uh, but it, it's it's uh, the distance between the visitor center and the raptor pin is like the midway point. So mm. whenever, uh, we see Ellie and Muldoon emerge and they look over and they can see that the raptors have busted out. Now, My yeah. understanding is they've gone through some sort of underground tunnel and they're coming out, right? But I think that they, yeah. they took, you know, Isla Nublar doesn't really exist so they can do whatever they want, you know? But uh, at the same time, mm-hmm. it's um, uh, according to maps that were made for the movie, it looks like a, it's quite a distance between the, the power generator utility shed and the visitor center itself, so...
1: Yeah, the 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 park itself seems really big, um, especially when we see just like the 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 kind of rolling plains that the Gallimimus herd is on later in this minute. Just the the sort of expanse of it seems yeah. massive. Just for the the idea of like going from one side to the other feels like yeah. quite a quite a quite a distance.
0: So Galamai Scene, I've actually been there. Uh, that's in uh, yeah. Kulona Ranch in Oahu, which is a gigantic ranch on, God, I think the north side of Oahu. And you can go there and do horseback riding. So my wife and I on our honeymoon oh. went there and did horseback riding. And neither of us realized that we probably should have stretched before we did the horseback riding because it was about an hour and a half uh, this, uh, through this through this plained area. And this is also uh, in Lost where they shot the... Uh, golf scenes uh, and actually I think they reuse this a lot for lost so couple cool things about this it's massive uh, It is uh, it just as it looks like in the movie. It's gorgeous. There's these huge It's like a valley There's like huge mountains it's on either beautiful. side with all this kudzu and stuff grown over. Yeah, it's it's amazing, but It was also a staging ground for World War II, uh, where the uh, Allied forces thought that Japan might actually make an attack on Oahu and use this as a beachhead where they would come in. So they built all these pillboxes out of concrete that are all around the jungle. So when you're riding on horseback through here, this thing is surrounded by all these uh, old World War II, uh, I guess, uh, beachhead places. And it's really weird because it was never used, and I guess that's how the Colina Company or whoever owns it. Uh, bought it. Excuse me. It's Kualoa. That's how you pronounce it, Kualoa. Mm-hmm. If anything, uh, people that li- have listened to the show know that Brady and I mispronounce stuff a lot, and I apologize. But it's uh, Kualoa Ranch yeah. in Oahu. And if you're going to Oahu, I absolutely recommend uh, visiting it because you can actually see this whole area, and they still have the log out that we're going to be talking about in an upcoming minutes. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's as big and uh, as it feels and as it looks on on film here.
2: You know, um, speaking of this kind of open expanse and just the idea of Ray being out in the open and la di da. Uh, Spielberg does a really good job of making you feel so unsafe when you're outside of a building Mm -hmm. and it's almost like being in, you know, the middle of the ocean, like swimming in the middle of the ocean, knowing that there's a big shark around and you can't Mm -hmm. see it. So anytime that they're out in the open, that's just the feeling we get, even on a beautiful day like this. And it's like we were talking about yesterday, uh, there is the tracking shot where, you see Grant and the kids in the foreground, and then the Gallimimus kind of, you know, running along in the distance and then turning yes, to come yeah. up by them. There is, this is an example, I think, of why CGI has, the use of CGI has, you know, just lessened mm-hmm. in understanding over the years. If you notice, they are out of focus. So whenever they went to shoot this, they said, okay, this, the realistic way that this would be shot if there were actually animals in the distance is we would be following them in the, the foreground, the characters would be out of focus. And nowadays, everything would be in focus because we got to show everything, every penny that went into this. And uh, so that just makes this so, so, so believable for me Yeah, is it, the fact that they're out of focus. It
1: does feel like there's a camera there looking at this, you know, like looking yeah. at the, them herding and the, flocking in the distance as they use the word later, flocking. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and there's another moment too, uh, coming up where Grant and the kids are hiding on one side of the lawn and the T Rex burst out of the, yes. the woods. And it, you will notice, yeah, and you'll notice that in the foreground, the three of them and the log are all out of focus. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that They're just, it, you know, it to have thought natural. that when they went to shoot him. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's,
1: it's the way your, your eyes would naturally work when you're looking at something. If I'm focused at like Uh, you know, something that's right here in front of me, everything that's in the distance, like the rest of my room kind of fades to obscurity because it's not... So,
2: and here's the first movie that's really, one of the first movies that's uh, really using CGI. And you would think that they wouldn't really have the best idea at that time on how to, you know, use the other natural elements in the shot. And it's like they did. Yeah. And it's almost like nowadays people, they don't care. It's just, they get sloppy with it. I think
1: it's just a case of them like... They're kind of working around this limitation. They know that they can't make mm-hmm. it look real. So if we're focused on, we're, if we're focused on Grant and the kids, and they're just in the distance, you don't really have any time to like scrutinize. Like that doesn't look as believable yeah. as the rest of this.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So I don't know. I've always, um, I've always admired that. Yeah, that's that. kind of Spielberg's,
0: uh, you know, his his directing style. If you look back at any storyboards that he's done the end product looks almost exactly like what they decided ahead of time and that's you know he's with his uh, production crew they're actually you know they're directing the movie when they make all this stuff you know when they make these storyboards and they have these production meetings yeah. so when they get there they're basically just like doing a movie adaptation of the storyboards you know and as as much as i do like a director like a wong car Wai or somebody like that that can go in and just like you know uh, you know get a couple of his friends who are actors and be like we're just going to do some stuff and we'll like make a movie around it there is something definitely be said for uh the the filmmaking styles is steven is the guy you get to do the big budget movie because when he goes in there you know what he's going to shoot you know the thing's not going to go over budget because everything is laid bare before you know whenever yeah. he goes out there so.
2: and these gallimimus actually were some of the first uh cgi tests that they did for the oh. movie and you can see him on a lot of like behind the scenes, documentaries and stuff like that. They always they always show those little skeletons running across the field. But um That's cool. yeah, yeah, I've actually got some information on gallomites. That's cool. Um us. Yeah, definitely.
1: Are they uh, Are they uh, Right?
2: <laughs> no, they are actually they're herbivores. Uh, which, you know, answer and I always just kind of figured that because they don't bother the people when they're yeah. running by them. Yeah, you know, so when he like, says that hey, they're okay.
1: they're they're flocking like uh like birds from a predator. I was like, oh, like these are herd animals like like gazelle on yeah. the plane kind of thing.
2: Right. Um, so Galliminus, uh translates to chicken mimic. And it is from the late Cretaceous period and is uh, mostly found in Mongolia and North America. Oh um and it is part of the and kyle you're gonna have to do some editing here ornith i'm not even going to try and pronounce the family name but they uh yeah i think the longest example of one was uh clocked in at 26 feet long and about eight feet tall but they were generally yeah they were generally about 20 feet long so they brought them down in size for the movie you know an ostrich is kind of what always comes to mind when i when i see these things That is absolutely uh, that's exactly
1: what i was thinking when you said like chicken I was like, "Oh, like it it's like a like an ostrich or like a
2: And you know, for him to say like it's just like a flock of birds evading a predator is just more reinforcing this idea of birds birds but yes. you know Yes. Yes. Evolution of birds into dinosaurs.
1: Next week when the when the T-Rex does come in, he's just like I they're watching it eat and he's like I bet you will never look at birds the same way again. <laughs> yeah. 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 More- because like I've been I listened to uh, you guys had Some paleontologists on the show a few weeks, Mm -hmm. many weeks ago now, I guess. And and they were talking just about, like, yeah, birds being, like dinosaurs like descended from i've really like something that's been on my mind since i heard it on your show mm-hmm. just like anytime yeah. i see just like a flock of birds somewhere i'm just like i feel like you guys are a lot smarter than we take you for yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. well um that's it. one of the uh paleontologists we had on ryan helped was talking about just how scary birds are and i actually watched a uh a hawk land yesterday and just kind of chill out on the branch of a tree scoping everything out and his wingspan was so big yeah. that I was like, if I was outside and that thing wanted to screw, like just totally mess me up with his talents, yep. he wouldn't have a problem doing yep. it. Alfred you know?
1: Hitchcock had it right.
2: So.
0: Oh, absolutely, yes, and and you know you talk about a movie that's waiting for the movies by minute format. I think The Birds is one that is uh, sorely overlooked. It's nice to take it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're very scary. I'm actually um, it, the the place I'm staying right now. Uh, we have a couple of little dogs that uh, we have to let out in the backyard. They're very small. They're um, one's a Chihuahua, and we have to keep an eye on it yeah. because birds of prey are known to come down and grab them. Yeah, oh, them up. and uh, that yeah. That
2: makes me
1: so sad. I
0: know, I know. But you know, you just think it's basically a velociraptor with wings, you know, and that's actually. Like my yeah. grant would say, Raptor, bird of prey. <laughs> That's where, where the word comes from. Oh, so. there you go. Exactly. Yeah. But um they can be very frightening, and a herd of Gallimimus is actually something very scary. Right at the end of this minute, uh, it's when it they make this like sharp, like ninety degree turn and start to come right at Grant and yeah. the kids as the minute ended that we were watching here. And uh, when I was watching this again, I was like, "That's frightening enough. We don't really even need the Tyrannosaurus Rex coming in the next minute. You know, them just having to run no. through that herd and almost getting trampled is uh, is frightening enough.
1: They they get behind that log and and. It, the, the gallimimus kind of jump around them and, and go off and even that is just enough like there's enough tension there and just like oh like you guys could be crushed by this like stampede that's happening right now totally
0: but the Tyrannosaurus Nerd Rex right. is definitely a cherry on top you know that scene
1: oh, oh yeah no I kind of like after the first time the the T-Rex shows up every time it they it shows up again here with the gallimimus and then at the end of the climax of the movie both times i'm like kind of rooting for the t-rex um yeah. like yeah it's it's this deadly ferocious thing but it's not focused on them right now so mm-hmm. we're okay
0: yeah I, I it's know. It, yeah. you know I'm, I'm curious about this scene if this was added in a later draft of the script because brady we do know that um the original ending of the movie, the Tyrannosaurus Rex was not involved. The Tyrannosaurus Rex kind of had his one scene, and then that was it. And I'm curious about this. I mean, clearly, they when they went out to shoot it, they knew exactly what they were going to be doing. But I'm, I'm curious if it was like a later draft of the script, you know?
2: Yeah, there was a couple of different endings, um, one of which involved... Grant getting a hold of uh, some uh, machinery that was going to like kind of controlling the uh, skeletons in the rotunda, visitor center rotunda, and the Raptors are going to get stuck in the jaws of that, and he was mm. going to utilize that to kind of crush the Raptors. And then there was one where the Raptors were closing in on Grant, Ellie, and the kids, and then Hammond uh, came out and just started shooting them, which was wow. kind of compelling in the sense that, yeah, he said, you know, I can't hurt him, can't hurt him, and there, there's just more evolution of that character. And then uh, another ending where the T-Rex attacked the helicopter as they were getting out of there. And so if, if, Am I mistaken in saying that this is the last time we see the T-Rex until it saves the day? Yeah, the this end? is the last time. I th- I, yes, I
1: think
0: this yeah, yeah, and, you know, okay, last cool. time for T-Rex until the very end, and also the last scene for Ray. So two screen legends kind of make their exit at this point. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's funny because this was actually you know it, people remember Samuel Samuel L. Jackson as the guy from every movie now, but before this, this was really yeah. like. The day before he got famous in Pulp Fiction, you know, Pulp Fiction came out the next year and yeah. it was kind of yeah. funny because it's then he's he was in everything after that and still is to this day. Thank God. I love the guy. I love his work, I even like snakes on a plane. But um, he definitely, uh, you know, has some great acting chops. But other than like, you know, God, I can't remember what was he in Jungle Fever, I think, before this. But, you know, he wasn't really the household name that he is now.
1: I love the Metasaurus's line.
0: Yes, yes. Great um, line.
1: You know, I I was so excited for Hold on to Your Butts, but like after I, I I rewatched this movie in kind of preparation for for these couple minutes, and and I I didn't ever catch the like Veggie-saurus line about the the Brontosauruses yeah, Brachiosauruses mm-hmm. yeah, brachiosaurus, um, yeah. last week. I I didn't like I never really thought about it when it happened as a kid, and and that's that was another thing. I think you guys mentioned it on the show. Uh, I think. Kyle, you had a bunch of like Dino jokes. Um,
0: oh yeah, mm-hmm. that,
1: that, that you had, you would use them uh, when 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 they call them veggisauruses, it, it sort of like placates, um, it kind of it kind of calms Lex like, down then. And so here she's she asks like, are they meat eating? And then and then she, there's like this that callback like not veggisauruses, they're they're Metasauruses.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and I like that. There's something kind of playful about that in the writing. It's just like a passing line. Like, we're never really going to, like, dwell on it. And it's it's fun writing, and I really like that.
0: It is. It's definitely fun summer movie writing that kind of, like, you know, yeah. uh, it's it, it gives the audience a chance to kind of breathe, you know, in this stuff. It's like we've seen mm-hmm. so much terrifying stuff. But it also, it does kind of show a little bit of character growth in Lex. Because up until this point in the movie, she's been kind of freaked out by everything. And then the one time, you know, right before this where she tries to reach out and actually, you know, befriend or in, interact with a dinosaur, it sneezes mm-hmm. right in her face, you know. You know, Aww. yeah. So
1: bad for her. <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> but then gross. she finally is able to bring everything together, and she's really the the hero that saves everybody. Uh, in a couple of weeks here, before yeah. the end of the show, we're going to be talking about her and her Unix system, and she definitely comes out and uh, you know and rises to the occasion. So she becomes the hero even, that we always thought even, she could be,
1: even before the the eunuch system. But just like the whole thing in the kitchen, where she's kind of like right. in charge, yeah. mm-hmm. like this is how we're going to do this is amazing. I I love her character growth so much. I want... I don't know if you guys have talked about... You guys have sort of discussed things that you would like or dislike seeing in, like, future Jurassic movies. Mm -hmm. Do we know what happens to these two kids? No, they never... I I mean, just in the lost world, there's like a small cameo. To see, like, where they go after this experience. Like, they're children that are going to grow up with this. Especially with, um... Uh, next week when, when they see the T-Rex eating and Grant says, like, just, just watch it. Like, I bet you'll never look at birds the same way again. And Tim gets excited. And he says, yes. And he stands up and he's, like, kind of taking it in. And it's it's this kind yeah. of this fascination of someone who's, like, studying this thing that's never been seen before is, is awesome. Um, I would love to see him grow up to be, like... Some big paleontologist figure. I don't know. Like, how much later does Jurassic World take place? Is there a timeline? Do we really know how much? Time twenty
2: twenty two years yeah, after this so, one. Yeah. So, like, they're
1: grown. Yeah. They're adults. Like, I would yeah. love to see what happened to them.
2: And he's Joseph Mazzello's had kind of a you know comeback after uh, the Social Network and yes! uh, you know the Pacific TV series and everything. So
1: let let me. It would make total sense. I want Tim to come back. That'd be great.
2: Yeah. And I think I'm with you on the sense that I think Lex is one of the most badass characters she's amazing. in the whole movie.
1: She's she, her yeah. her development is is awesome. Um Yeah, it really I, is. I, I I think I think she's the one who's definitely like kind of strengthened the most by by the experiences over the course of the movie cuz she was just from the Gennaro the name of the the Yeah. insurance guy. Um when yeah. he leaves earlier and she's panicking and she can't she can't it's just he left us. He left us like Mm-hmm. she's kind of frozen in the, in the terror of that moment. And then later they're in the, they're in the kitchen and she's just like, no, we have to act like we can't sit here.
2: Yeah. Um. To the point that instead of running it's, she fakes the thing out by like yes. getting inside of the little thing and letting it see her reflection. So smart. And, uh, and it's, it's not just to get them to a certain point in the room so that they'll have, the kids will have easier access to get out. It's to save her little brother. Mm-hmm. So it's, she's doing, these like two things at once that is uh, I never really saw it until I started watching the movie minute by minute and understanding all the characters a little bit more and maybe it was because when I saw this movie as like an eight-year-old boy I was just kind of following Grant and Tim yeah. and the dudes in the movie and everything and then as time's gone by I've uh, oh, seen like the
1: characters in this movie are so strong yeah yeah. Um, I yeah, think it really it's wonderful really I is. love I love I I know this is this is way off minute too, but I love Laura Dern's line later where she's like, We'll talk about sexism in disaster situations later. Yeah. I'm just like, (laughs) Yes, like you got this. Oh. She doesn't even have time
0: to go over the politics of it. She's like, Look, people are dying again the line. (laughs) The
1: kind of thing that like I would expect to see in a movie now. Mm -hmm. Like we just with with just the the way that the world is right now and like the political situations with things and like the the women's marches that were like a month or two ago uh j- just this really strengthened like we want this character that we can follow we want someone that like both like men and women can be like yes like you've got this and, and she's yeah. got this real both of them have this root of like strength that that is independent and uh, and fierce mm-hmm. and I, I really admire it
2: There's so many moments. Oh, I say there's so many. There's, there's really just a few where, uh, characters are in a situation and suddenly they're in survival mode and it's just so primitive and it's whatever immediate utilities I can, I can, you know, utilize to get myself out of this situation and and the people around me and whether that's grabbing, looking through your car and saying, what instruments do I have in this car? Uh, Mm -hmm. I've got a flare. Okay. Let's see how we can utilize this to do something, anything. It's uh, And then she's,
1: it's one of those things that, that. I really love about this movie too. It's if I were in this situation, how would I cope? Mm -hmm. And yeah, exactly. Like I, I know that I would, I would probably just run, but I would like to think that I'm the person that would like come up with this, like intuitive, just like, yeah, I have no other – if I'm going to survive this, I have to outwit this thing and like how can I do that?
2: And and these are things that are arguably smarter than we are. In, in a situation where we're – full, and by that I mean the kids are so full yeah. of panic yeah. that we're dumbed, dumbed down to like such a low degree and these things are so cunning the, that they are that many steps ahead of us. There's
1: a moment – I'm, I'm going to keep jumping to that kitchen scene even though that's not my minute but like when, <laughs> when they're – they're they're going opposite directions like the raptors coming one side and they're crawling along the other and you kind of like you could peek through the cracks and see the the scales and see the face of the velociraptor that's on the other side there mm-hmm. and i was i was thinking as i was watching that just it's mammals survived and dinosaurs didn't well you know we could say birds but but like we we were at the time that that dinosaurs were roaming the earth mammals were these small burrowing just like st- underfoot like let's keep our heads down and not be found out and just like kind of grind through this and and you definitely get that sense of like no there, there's just this kind of animalistic tension that like they have primal the word you used earlier is is the closest i could get i can't think of anything else yeah. but like intuition and, and survival instinct and just like fear it, it yeah. gives them a strength that i really that i really like i it's fascinating to me
2: yeah absolutely Absolutely. Oh, I could talk about I'm that. I'm really right? hoping. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a fascinating
0: I'm really thing. hoping. There's a lot to cover with it, definitely. And, you know, just in watching yeah. it in this yeah. minute-by-minute format, I'm sure you guys have found this a lot with you know, Harry Potter when you're rewatching it. Is a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff that we, I don't want to say take for granted, but it's almost on a um, subliminal level, or, you know, as far as character yes, development, it, stuff like just that. goes, for,
1: like, set design mm-hmm. or, like, reaction shots. Like, things that you take for granted because they're rolling on screen for a moment that mean so much. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, you know, there's so many moments where we're getting, um, past the halfway point in Harry Potter, but so far there've been so many moments where it's just like, Oh, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I've never seen that before. Like it, it, it's amazing to me the amount of work that goes in. Uh, when I, when I first started wanting to do this like minute format or like talking to people about like star Wars minute or back to the future ghostbusters and you guys are doing that just like. Uh, people being like, oh like someone's gonna spend that much time going through and talking about this movie like one minute at a time and I'm like it's it's only a fraction of the amount of work that went into making yeah. the movie like we're we're just scratching the surface on like what went into this yeah and mm-hmm. it's 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 all out of you know out of love for the for the property that we're covering like i I find it fascinating uh we you know I uh, you know I wasn't gonna say this, but I'm gonna before we started Harry Potter I think Jurassic Park was one of the ones that Victoria and I talked about the most. Oh. Just because that's I, I she's so I was so upset that she wasn't able to come with me for these 2 minutes. Yeah. Uh, she got wrapped up with work and our schedules are already kind of rough as it is, but I don't know. Like we we we've seen this these these movies particularly like several times as well when I was a little kid, like very little. The one of the first book series that I got into, like I had these little children's books called Dinosaur Days that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that were like like picture books but they talked about like different dinosaurs and and when they lived and what their uh environment was like and who they interacted with and and i would sit in my bedroom by the night light like when i'm supposed to be sleeping like (laughs) reading about dinosaurs and just like devouring that stuff. And so I'm, I, I love listening to your show. I'm so excited to hear like w- where you guys go with the rest of it. I'm, I'm stoked. It's well,
0: great. Well, Thank you very much. It's, it's been awesome. a lot of fun doing it. And you know, I I, I think we can uh, probably the majority the listening audience can definitely relate to you reading those books as a little kid, because I think dinosaurs, yeah. you know, they're this real life thing that kind of sparks the imagination of a young child. It's where a lot of us kind yeah, of like I got a love for no, science.
1: I don't know anyone who isn't fascinated by dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. They're big, epic creatures of the past like it's it's humbling a little
0: bit absolutely yeah it, it's really, it's yeah. definitely in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things what is man when you look at like a skeleton of a dinosaur you know <laughs> yeah
1: yeah we've been around for like a couple hundred thousand years maybe they were here for millions millions <laughs> of years these guys ruled the world it's it's fantastic Ah. Oh.
2: yeah it's it's pretty incredible when you think about it and yeah. i wish i could say that these things could be cloned and I could witness one would at you, some point. Would you?
1: Would, if yeah. A, you, you, would you? If there's a Jurassic yes, Park, no. if someone's like, I have this theme park and there's real live dinosaurs you can view.
2: Well, here's the thing. I would, but I there shouldn't be. If this movie teaches us anything, <laughs> then a, that's it. a bad idea. Right. Yeah, and, and Jurassic World goes to further that example. Like, okay, man, it is possible. And then the same shit is going to happen again. Yeah. Malcolm's words are going to be Ring true, and I think that's so awesome. To, to Michael Crichton's credit, instead of just doing a um an action adventure thing and not really pose ethical questions mm-hmm. for him to have to have included all that is what makes this thing stand yeah. out. Then yeah. I'm not just talking about the book; I'm talking about the the whole yeah. story and the whole idea, and that it all comes from Ian Malcolm and uh. And t- to, to answer I that go.
0: question, too, I would say that, you know, um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Brady. The idea of going to a real-life Jurassic Park would be kind of cool, but also there are already zoos out there that I can go see tigers and lions and bears and elephants and, and cool That's stuff true. like that. Yeah. So uh, I probably should be doing that more. But, yeah, it would be very cool to see one of these. And <laughs> yeah. I really do hope that we get to see, you know, like a woolly mammoth in real life just to kind of oh, see what that would look like. But. The-
1: discussions that like science is having with like bringing back like creatures that have that have been extinct for for any amount of time Mm. is amazing oh yeah
0: it's it's truly an amazing time to be alive uh in
2: you know what Mm?
1: we live in the future this is something that they're actually like working on doing
2: it's It's, crazy (laughs) yeah and to kyle to to the to that end what you're saying is that um lions and tigers probably are not going to be around forever and that made me that may come to Come to pass uh, before we are dead, so people should really be concerned with that as well. Get out there and have as much exposure to the things that we do right. have today, and and yeah. you know, um, and, and be a good
0: steward of of the living, you know, uh, of of Gaia exactly. as is, for lack of a better term, you know, for the for the uh, biodiversity here on life as is. I mean, dinosaurs are very cool. Tigers are very cool too. You know, yeah.
1: Oh man, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, on that note, does anybody well, else have anything uh, left for minute number ninety four?
1: I was glad That's I was me. able to add an extra like.
0: 15 minutes to this <laughs> it was very good very meaty discussion there uh which uh, you know we, which I'm, we 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 do like to sometimes you know take that uh that right turn into yeah. territory where it just you know goes on yeah discussion.
2: i think i think that's the things that make the best movies by minute shows are the enthusiasm that Absolutely. People have. Oh, man. and uh I, and i haven't heard one that doesn't have that but it'd be a real shame if somebody were to come in with a great prop you know ip and just kind of be hipstery about it. And isn't this kind of cool. And all this, it's oh, like, no, yeah. So, it's so okay. for this scene, they yeah. did this thing. And- yeah. No. yeah. Well, Gary, and we so definitely I thank you for bringing
0: have- uh, your enthusiasm over yeah. to our podcast today, but for our listeners out oh, there who sure. want to find out more about uh, Harry Potter minute, uh, where can they find out more about you and your show on the internet? You can
1: always find us at DuelingGenre.com. Um, we've also got Harry Potter minute um, linked up to point to that same direction, but uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at the Gary Roby because I'm a junior but I really didn't want to be like Gary Roby jr so even though my dad has Twitter I'm the Gary <laughs> uh, so you can find me there and uh, yeah I think Facebook's probably the the best place to interact with us between the Harry Potter minute Facebook page and the Harry Potter minute and the listeners Army like group like the listeners group that we have I I feel like I I'm probably the most Available there for people if they want to reach out and like discuss Harry Potter or whatever. Like we, we have a really great community that's been growing over the course of the couple of months that we've been doing this show. We still have several months left to go, so join us and come check it out. It's it's great. I appreciate. We're those. cool,
0: and we definitely appreciate, yeah, we appreciate you coming it. on the show today. Yeah. And uh, and yes, it's been
1: so much fun. <laughs> I've but between, um, I think I I mean I kind of binge listened to Ghostbusters because I was late, but. Um, between Ghostbusters Minute and Jurassic Park Minute, like, I really love listening to you guys and just, like, your insights on the on the stuff you're talking about. Like, you guys are really passionate, but the 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 research and just the thought behind what you bring to it is also, just, it's... You guys are up there with some of my favorite pod... some of my favorite Minute pod... well, no, some of my favorite podcasts. I'm not gonna even qualify with Minute. Like, I listen to <laughs> so many shows and I think that, like, you guys in star wars minute and indiana they're all like some of the first ones that i put up in my queue every day um, well that's, yeah. that's definitely good love, company doing the community it. and the minute format is is so fantastic like i really love the, the whole the whole community behind it is is awesome it we're so welcoming yeah. and, and and i've never i don't know i really love interacting with everyone i haven't had any negative experiences with yeah
2: with yeah. any if of it's if, it, if there's one thing I'm gonna take away from having been a part of the movies by minutes uh, family yeah. when it's all said and done is the relationships with, that I've formed with the other people doing this you know it's
1: <laughs> when it's all said and done yeah. like people are gonna stop doing minute shows. I think that we've like I think they were just like part of this avalanche that's happening now
0: yeah I, I don't definitely. think it's gonna stop yeah. no no there's there will yeah. always be movies oh, out there there's to cover new
1: shows every like every week, right like I feel like at this point there's a show like every couple weeks. That's like launching, yeah. and not all of them make it to the end. But I, I feel like the 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 those of us who've been listening to Star Wars for a while and have really listened to like other shows, and I, I think I really took it with a I, I took it seriously when when people were saying like if you're gonna start a show you gotta finish it Mm -hmm. and 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 those of us who have like committed to like this is what we want to be doing with our spare time like minute doing a podcast doesn't make money but i i still sink so much time every week into the show because i love doing it i love talking about the the shows i get to talk to i love the people that i get to interact with because of the show that we're doing like it's I, I'm, it's one of my favorite things
0: to do. It's it's a labor of love, and I think that yeah. passion definitely comes yeah. out through uh, Harry Potter minutes. You guys definitely have a passion for the movies and the books and uh, and the material and talking about it with people, which is uh, which is why we definitely recommend that uh, if anybody uh, has enjoyed your presence on the show here or they like Harry Potter, they should definitely go check it out because yeah. it's, uh, it's good stuff, Join man. Join us. Yeah. <laughs>
1: check it out. Send us an hour. We have an email account
0: all right folks well i think we're about ready to wrap things up here on the show so gary once again thank you so much for joining us for two episodes this week it's been a real pleasure having you on
1: i'm glad that i could i could give you a really long couple of episodes all
0: right folks we are going to go ahead and get out of here we hope everybody has a great and safe weekend for gary and for brady i'm kyle and until next time hold on to your butts
2: Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at Minute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Pele